Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. This is Gary Duncan, and you're listening to the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment of faith with Pastor Doug Nicely, pastor of Jerusalem Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois. And Pastor Nicely, we are on the Lord's Prayer 6th petition this week, right? Right. We're just about done with the Lord's Prayer, but there's a, there's a few more things to do in the catechism before we're done. And uh, as it turns out, the schedule is pretty good that we'll be able to finish this up just before Ash Wednesday, just before Lent. And uh, then we can go on and do some other things after that. Sounds good. Okay. So sixth petition is, and lead us not into temptation. Now, uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting dilemma. Um, quite often when we hear people talking about lead us not into temptation, um, we quote immediately uh, from the epistle of St. James. James says, let no one say he is tempted. Uh, when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives forth to death. I like where you yeah. said your own desire. As soon as you said, lead us not into temptation, I thought, well, it would be leading ourselves into the, the temptation. It would be our own desires. Right. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in another way, but let me give you a little bit of comment from Luther here. Okay. He talks about our vulnerabilities, meaning our own desires. He fleshes it out a little bit. He says, to feel temptation, therefore, is quite different as a thing from consenting and yielding to it. We must all feel it though not all to the same degree. Some have more frequent temptations than others. Youths, for example, are tempted chiefly by the flesh. Older people are tempted by the world. Others uh, who are concerned with spiritual matters, that is, strong Christians, are tempted by the devil. We cannot uh, be harmed by the mere feeling of a temptation as long as it is is contrary to our will, and uh, we would prefer to be rid of it. Accordingly, we Christians must be armed and prepared for incessant attacks. Interesting. Interesting commentary. Uh, God doesn't lead us to temptation. But he does lead us, as we're going to find out in another month when we uh, get to Lent, that God does lead us to the wilderness. Let me quote St. Mark's Gospel because it's the shortest of all of them. This is the reading that we'll have for the first Sunday in Lent in another month. The Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. I think God doesn't, of course, as James says, lead us to temptation, but he does lead us to the wilderness. The wilderness is one of those times when we uh, don't have all the answers for ourselves. For instance, we might have asked God to be able to accomplish something for us, and accomplishing something for us right now. And it's not, if you get the wrong impression for what St. James says, uh, it's not that God isn't going to tempt us, but he is going to lead us to the wilderness so that we might be able to understand what it's like to be able to go through burdens and trials. There is a Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but there's an unholy Trinity, the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. And when we're in the wilderness, we're very vulnerable to the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. It's kind of interesting. Um, in a reading for that first Sunday in Lent, 
kind of an alternate reading that we wouldn't necessarily hear in many places. It talks about the flood of Noah. And remember Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their, their wives were all in the ark, eight people and all were saved. And after that all, that all is finished, uh, we read in Genesis chapter 9 that God comes to him and he says, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you in the clouds. And it shall be a sign for the covenant between me and you and all the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and a rainbow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature and all flesh. And the waters will never again become a flood to destroy all the flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it. And remember the everlasting covenant between God and every human creature and all flesh and all of the earth. Isn't that interesting? The rainbow. Uh, I, I know a church not too terribly far away from, uh, for, from where I live and a little bit further away from where you live, but not too much further, uh, that uh, built a building back in the, oh, I'd say mid-1980s. And uh, when they had groundbreaking, they saw a rainbow in the sky. And they were absolutely convinced that this was God's blessing upon their church. And so when they built the church and put in stained glass windows right next to the altar, they still had the stained glass window with a rainbow on it, just to give us the assurance that God has a, has a promise. Even when we go through the wilderness, God doesn't send us to the wilderness in order to destroy us. He sends us through the wilderness in order to teach us what it's like to be able to follow him. Got that? And okay. help us grow in our faith. And help us grow in our faith. And that's what the wilderness is all about. That's actually what Lent's supposed to be all about. It's supposed to be a whole bunch of disciplines to teach us how to live. As I mentioned uh, before, uh, when I was quoting Luther, that um, really what we're talking about when we're going through the wilderness is is warfare. You remember, you remember one of those hymns that talks about warfare? Uh, the reason why I remember it is a lady in our church came up to me just on Sunday and she said, uh, you know, at the end of the service, when we're all standing, could we sing, stand up, stand up for Jesus? And I said, sure, <laughs> because we're standing. But listen to the words from George Duffield. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Let tie the royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh shall fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on you with prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Hmm. I also think of onward Christian soldiers. Oh, yeah. And, and all of those hymns that, that talk about, I guess, what we would call militaristic themes, that all has to do with wandering in the wilderness and realizing that there are important things for us to understand. Jesus promises in John's gospel, in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So that's what happens when we face these battles. And we have scriptures uh, to be able to help us out and learn some of these lessons. That's one of the things you do when you're in the wilderness. You spend time looking at the scriptures. When Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights, you'll remember in Matthew and Luke's gospel that Satan came up to him and uh, tempted him with passages from the Old Testament trying to get him to uh, comply to Satan's desires and demands. And Jesus quoted 
the, the scriptures in Deuteronomy three times after uh, Satan tempted him uh, with Psalm 91, quoting it out of context. And it's interesting that those three quotes from the book of Deuteronomy are within three chapters of each other. Could it be that Jesus was meditating upon the word while he was in the wilderness and praying about it? Sounds like a good discipline for us. Mm-hmm. A really good discipline for us. So, yes, temptations are going to come. But, uh, but the point is that we learn through these temptations what it's like to be able to understand what is the world of the flesh and what is the world of God. And the world of God, as St. Paul reminds us, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he assures us against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And that's a good thing. He says it in past tense, but we're always struggling. And I think it's good for us to be able to go through a season like Lent every year just to remind us uh, that temptations are going to be there. But the battle is the Lord. How about a word of prayer? Sounds good. Lord, may we be honest with you about the temptations that attack us, and then may we pray for you to deliver us from evil. For we pray in the name of Jesus, who won the victory for us, that we could not win for ourselves. Amen. Amen. Next week, finishing up the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil. God's blessings, Gary. We are the messenger of good news. We are worldwide at KFUO.org. AM850 here in the St. Louis region. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, our talk programs available. And that includes this segment available as podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are AM850 KFUO.